Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest is Dr. Vic Manzo. He's a business and spiritual mindset coach, certified paediatric chiropractor, holistic wellness coach, and three times author and podcaster. I don't know where he gets the time to fit it all in. He helps individuals lead a fulfilling and soul-filled life effortlessly by sharing principles of ancient wisdoms and spiritual truths while bridging the gap with science, universal laws, quantum physics and neuroscience. Dr. Vic is the author of three books, with the most recent one being Decoding the Matrix, and then Powerful Tips for Unleashing Your Potential and Accelerating Your Spiritual Awakeness. He also has, if that wasn't enough, two podcasts, The Mindful Experiment, which is ranked top 1% globally, and The Mindful Chiropractor, a podcast focused on the chiropractic profession. And now he's a new dad. So he now knows what it's like to have kids. Awesome. Hi, welcome. I'm going to call you Dr. Vic at the moment, but I know you've said call you Vic, but I like Dr. Vic. It makes you sound like Dr. Who. Um, But Dr. Vic, hi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. No, yeah, this is going to be great. I can't wait. So look, I've given a brief synopsis about you, but look, tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I've been a chiropractor for 12 years. I'm not practicing at the moment. Um, it's been it's been uh, a little over a year since I practiced. Um, and uh, about four years ago, um, I got into, I started doing like as a side hustle, some coaching um, through my own experiences, through my own chiropractic business. I did everything that the business gurus and self-help personal development told me what to do and uh, followed all the recommendations. I hit my financial peak in five years. That was great. Um, but I was burned out, unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and I and I was bur- and I was burned out every four to six months. I even looked at like walking away from the profession because I was like, if this is how the business is supposed to be, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. And I love what I do being a chiropractor. Still to this day, even though I don't practice, I'm still referring people to a ton of chiropractors. But um, when I went through the process, I, I changed everything. I did everything the opposite of what they told me. Instead of working and grinding okay. 90, 100 percent of the time, you know, in that rat race doing all those things. I said, forget it. I'm only going to do that like 10% of the time. My background, while I was in chiropractic school, I went outside of school to study energy healing because I wanted to learn the depth of healing and all that I can. Um, So I became a Reiki master and trainer. I studied about 10 to 12 different energy techniques. What I didn't realize I was going to learn is things on universal laws, consciousness, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, those kind of things. And that was kind of fascinating. But I didn't apply that into my life until after that five-year mark. Because then from there, I was like, this is backwards. I want to, I know that we live in a world of energy and everything is energy. Quantum physics has proven this. So it's not spiritual stuff anymore. This is scientific now. And it's yeah, one of those things I'm like, right. And if I shift my energy and if I shift my vibe and I get my mind right, because I studied chiropractic, which were brain doctors. So I studied all the neuroscience and I, I, I went a little further and I studied behavioral neurology and neurolinguistic programming. So I, I knew the brain center. So I was like, let me just understand how this plays a role on humans and how we think and how we act and so forth. And I said, well, if I get my mind right, I get my vibe right. Then the action will just, little action is all I need and everything will work out. And it did because I hit my financial peak, but I took a 40% hit because I rearranged my office to be more specific to what I really wanted. Because what I found out is I was being prototypes to the people I was following. I was like little minions of them instead of being who I would really want to be. And that happens so much. I see it so often because a lot of times we chase money 
thinking, I just want to be successful. I just want to have the money. I don't care what that is. And that's like selling your soul in a sense, because you're losing an essence of who you are. That was me. I did that. And then I took a 40% hit on purpose to change my business around a year later, but applying things differently. I didn't change nothing in my office. A year later, a little over a year later, I was right back to where I was and I was working over 50% less than what I was before. That's when I felt like I needed to teach entrepreneurs this, started doing it as a side hustle. And now I've been doing it full time in this last year. So what we're going to talk about today um, is burnout. Because like you were covering off, right? You were dealing with burnout, really, quintessentially, wasn't it? You were working for five years and all you were following was the money as such. And um, yeah, you just burnt out. Is that what I'm getting? Is that the gist of it? Most likely, yes. I mean, it was it was the it was doing following what the the gurus were telling me to do and how to be like not just in business but also like even chiropractors just following what it is to be that way and the byproduct of being those minions instead of being me, and that led to the burnout so yeah. much more. So that so quintessentially that's burnout, isn't it? It's working really really hard, not having any downtime. Um, and it's great to chase your dreams, but you've also got to do self-care, isn't it, really? Quintessentially yeah. at the end yeah. of the day. And so you said you changed 40% of your office, your life, 40% of your life? Would you say it was your life? We took a 40% hit financially by changing our office and what our what our focus was, how we were giving care like we got more strict with our recommendations like this is what the recommendations would be to help you and if you're interested and you want to commit to that thumbs up if you don't there's other chiropractors that are a lot more lenient than i am and 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 unfortunately i'm like this is just because for me i was tired of i'm very i'm 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 better now but I, i'm very big perfectionist when i do something i go all in i like to make sure i'm giving it my 100 yeah. and I get, as a doctor, I used to get very frustrated where I wasn't getting certain results. Now, we still got results, even with what we were doing, even at the level of the care that we were giving, but it wasn't at the level I wanted to see. I was like, at least 80 to 90% I want to be seeing, like the neurological changes. Yes, people were getting better. Symptoms are going away. Their lives were changed. Yes, thumbs up. But I was I was looking at things from a neurological perspective. That means there's no sen there's no sensations. You can have a whole plethora of issues going on neurologically, and you'll be walking around life saying I'm perfectly fine. I don't notice a thing. And I wanted to see that clear up. That was what's really crystal clear because I wasn't. If they don't follow a certain precise protocol, then we don't. It's like clearing an infection. Let's say let's use a word. Let's use let's use yeah, let's use like an infection as an example. If you don't fully clear out an infection, you give it all the opportunity to come back and come back strong. I'm not saying what we work on as chiropractors is an infection, but the analogy is very similar because if I'm looking at something, what we do is called a subluxation, which is just like a misalignment in the spine that causes nerve interference. If we, if you don't clear out the patterning of that, then it's just going to continue to come back. It's it's an old habit that you haven't fully cleared out. So the habit just comes right back. Wow. Well, yeah, and this is the th and so, and to a certain extent, it's a little bit like burnout as such. If you're going to continue to go round and round in circle, I mean, I think the definition of crazy is to do the same thing and think you're going to get a different result, right? Um, and I suppose the thing that I wanted, to, why I wanted to bring you guys, you on, right, um, is because like you've written three books, right? Um, decoding the matrix, a powerful tips for unleashing your potential and accelerating your spiritual awakening, right? And like we're uh, this podcast is about single parents, right? And like we suffer from burnout and all of those things, right? And it would be great to decode our matrix, right? Whatever the matrix that we are living in as a single parent, right? Um, and um, I think like when i've been talking to you previously um like burnout for us is like it's not about just work right things don't stop somebody said to me the other day well your life doesn't stop if you get ill because you've got a kid to look after you've got 
you know, a house, you've got to feed it, you know, you've got to feed it, feed my child. Sometimes he's in it. Um, but, you know, you, I've got to still continue. I've got to bring money in. Um, thank God I get sick pay if I am sick. But, you know, there's all of these things and some single parents don't get sick pay. So you're juggling so many balls up in the air that for a single parent, burnout is massive, 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 because you're running a house and running a kid's life and running your life. So how do we, how do we do what you, how do we do what you've done and change our lives around? Maybe not by 40%, because I'm not sure I could do it by 40%. I'd have to get rid of a child, which sometimes, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like, what do we, what do we focus on? How do we do this? In that context, it's, it's one of the things that your, your role in your job is organized chaos, right? And you know that oh. things are always going to come up. There's working with so many moms and I say moms and 99% of the time I was working with mothers. It's one of those things where, you know, in somewhere, most of the time they were, they're married, but sometimes they weren't, they're single moms. And I always used to tell them like, you you have a lot of, a lot of balls in there. You have to juggle and there's only so much you can handle. Right. Every juggler can, if you think about it, there's only so much balls that we can juggle. And once you throw an extra one in, everything collapses. You know, I used to use that for neurology purposes, but it, it works here too. So it's, it's knowing that it is first losing the expectations to have control or how we're going to control things. Cause we always like that. Humans like to have control. We always love control. Don't we? We do. And it's one of those things where that, then that, that stresses us out even more. Instead, it's like, okay, what is what is the envision or what's the bare minimum or what's the, you know, getting that I always work when I work with clients and they're burned out, I say, well, you gotta, let's get back to vision. Let's get back to an alignment of the vision of what it is that your business you want to create. The same thing is here. What's the vision that you want to have? What's the what's what's good today going to be considered a good day? Right. One of the things yeah. I used to tell moms and I because there's a super mom, super mom syndrome, right? I got to do everything. And they're doing everything all the time for the kids. They're doing it for the family. They're doing all this stuff. But then what do they do for them? Nothing. Right? I know. No self-care. You're right. I don't You're take right. care for myself. And this is what I would say. And I am not, please, parents, do not take this as judgments. It is not judgments. But I would say this from a psychological conditioning pattern. Remember, kids learn by what you do, not what you say. So, Here's mom. And again, I'm saying mom because that's most of the time what I worked with. I said, if you're not take caring, taking care of yourself, not only is that not good for you, that it lowers your vibe and you, you know, you're not showing up the best version you can for your kids and your family, even though you're, you're forcing it, you're forcing right now, but that's going to that's gonna come and get you later. But you're also teaching them that self-care is not important for themselves because that's what they see. And I said, make it like, make it uh a priority to take care of yourself in some way, shape, or form. Well, I don't have the time. I can't find the get up earlier or get up, go to bed. And when they go to bed, take five minutes and do some breath work. Take 10 minutes to do this. You know, take some time to decompress. Well, I got to get the dishes done. Listen, sometimes it's it's better to just take care of yourself than it is to do those things. It, you'll, the, you'll have the time. You'll figure it out, especially it depends on what age the kids are too. Because obviously if they're older, you can show them to help you. And, and you say, hey, can you help mommy here? And blah, blah, blah. Um, but if they're younger and they're more in that time, time demanding stages, um, it's one of those things where then you, you figure out whatever can work and know where your limitations are. You can't do everything. And the bigger thing I would say is ask for help, right? If you have family nearby, you know, say, you know, one of the things I used to tell moms when they were getting, when they were pregnant and when people were coming over and all this stuff. And I said, I was, when the baby's going to come, they're going to be ready for that. I said, you do not need to worry about who to entertain. How about this? Take a box and put all the chores and things that you need done. And people are like, oh my God, I'm going to be having people do chores. I'm like, you'll thank me later for this because that's the real help. Oh you my need. God. Right. Maybe yes, can, they, can they just wash the dishes or can they put away the, can you throw a load of laundry in for me or can you, whatever that is, or can you make a meal for me or bring it over? I said, just, just have them pick something out of the box and just have them do it. And, and some people were like, I don't want to do that. But some other people who did take action on that thought was, and it wasn't, I, I, this is not my idea. I learned it from somebody, but it was one of those things where it's like the bombs who, the moms who did do that, they were like, this is genius. Now, when people want to help me, I don't need them to do or just come over and just like come to really help me to take the load off my mind. 
And then they realized they were less stressed and so much more. So it's nothing wrong. We're asking for help if you need it. I mean, that's what friends or family are there for is to support us through the times that we have to. So it's just one of those things where um, I think the beginning back to the self-care part is that's crucial. And there's so many ways you can do it. But the thing is, and if you can involve the kids in it, it's even better, in my opinion. So like one of the times I used to give tips and the kids are a little older. So if your kids are like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, I used to always tell parents, I'm like meal prep. It's like, I got to make a meal. I don't, sometimes I don't have time. I'm like meal prep. It will save you all. Oh, that's so much time to do. I'm like, no, it's not. You spend two hours cooking, whipping things up. You have food for almost a whole week. So I'm like, it, it, there's, there, I, I cook every single day. I cook twice a day at least. So I'm like, I know the time it takes for me to cook twice a day. And I know how much time I save when I spend two, three hours cooking all at once. I literally am saving hours for the week. And so, but I said, here's the thing. Again, remember kids learn by what we do, not by what we say. Teach them and have them work with you on it. Have them choose the meals. Yeah. Right. Hey, what do you want to have this? What do you guys want to make? We're going to go to the grocery store. What should we have? Let's, let's put it together. What do you guys want to eat this week? Oh, we get to choose. Yeah, come on. We're going to put it together. Because what you're teaching them is they get to choose, but they don't get to sit back and relax. You're going to have them choose. And that's, here's the work we have to do to do this. You're teaching them that component of it also. And so it becomes a win-win and it takes stress off mom. It takes stress off the parents a little bit. So then it becomes a family event to do something like that. And it brings you all together and you all get to choose. And if you, if you have multiple kids, I used to tell them, have one Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, have each one pick which day. And, and it's just, it becomes, and it makes it so much easier. Um, again, it's all about how can we, you know, figure out tasks that we can do that can shorten up time. So free up more time for ourselves. Watch and your children. What if you get your children to pick food, my son picked pumpkin soup because he thought it would be easy to make, made it and then decided he didn't like it. Right. So get them to pick something they've already eaten. Um, but that was fine. We just had to, power through eating pumpkin soup and I'm sure as he's older now that he'll be fine but yeah I yeah I should have known that he was like ah it'll be easy I just bug it all in a pot it'll be all right he was one for taking the easy road and then he had to eat it so he didn't realize about that but yeah no but I agree with you I mean I get him to chop up vegetables for me um, and bits and pieces like that. I mean, admittedly, he's seven, so don't get your three-year-old to do it. Well, get your three-year-old to do it, but um, but the thing is they're going to need more supervision and, you know, you don't want to give them big, massive, sharp knives and stuff like that, potentially. Um, but, yeah, so I agree. I agree. Try and my son now puts a dishwasher on, so I just tell him dishwasher's full and he puts it on. I haven't got him to – I haven't trained him to empty it yet. And and I'm also training him to put dishes in the dishwasher now, which isn't going so well either because he puts them on top of the kitchen work surface on top of the dishwasher. And I hate to say I don't want to stereotypical anyone, but it's a very man thing to do, I must admit. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, My wife okay. hates how I fill up the dishwasher, so yeah. Yeah, we, every, yeah don't go there. My mum hates how I pack bags when we go shopping. So, like, you know, no, the food funny. comes through and you pack it and you go, oh, I don't want it packed that way. And you go, oh, do you know what? Just do it yourself. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. It is about, and, it, and it's it's also about it, meal prep is like a winner. Even if it's that you don't want to cook a massive great big batch of something on a Sunday, um, because we we do stir fries and we do whatever here, um, I'm uh, – 95 i'm whole food so i like to call it whole food not vegan because i do eat meat but most of the time it's a vegan sort of diet for me and so i chop all my vegetables up so i then don't have to stand there. i can just grab a handful of veggies handful of lettuce whatever there's certain ones i don't chop up but um but yeah peppers capsicums i don't know what you guys call them what do you call peppers in the uk and the in america we call them capsicums peppers, yeah we call them Peppers? Is it because there's, we call them peppers, but it's funny because capsicums, isn't that, uh, that's the chemical in there. It's, uh, uh, it's high in vitamin, it's a high vitamin C thing in there. Yeah, but, you know, but these are like the big those. bell peppers, right? We the call bell them bell peppers, yep, yep, yeah, yep. right. So they call them capsicums over here. And then we've got zucchini and I call it courgette and aubergine and they call it eggplant here. Oh, it's very, 
I just call it whatever I can spell, basically. Aubergine, that's a bit more, I've got to use a bit more thinking power, right? This is another tip, right? <laughs> eggplant, easier to spell. So I spell eggplant. There we go. Um, okay. That. That's funny. Makes it Anyway, easy. well, yeah. It's fantastic living in two countries. <laughs> um, okay. So I think you touched on it previously as well regarding energies, quantum physics side of things. And um, you went and studied about energy because the world is full of energy. And I'm, I, you know, I agree with you, right? Um, so, like, if we are burnt out and we are knackered and depressed and just tired all the time and all of this stuff, like, all because that energy your energy is on a downer as such and not positive you're not doing stuff for yourself being happy and stuff what what does all that energy do that negative energy do to the body and to you and things like that because like yeah i mean you know go ahead go ahead sorry no 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 it's because like you oh you were a chiropractor, right? So you must have seen like a lot of pent up, stressed out people. Oh yeah, um, it, it fascinated me on that. It's because it's yeah. one of the things like when you have negative energy, negative thoughts, or repressed energy, or emotional stuff that gets stored in the body, and that's that tightens things up, right? So, and and again, it, it affects the nervous system first because anytime we have something that's stressful. It's the, the nervous system's getting wired to be used to that because it has to adapt to your environment. So when we look at health, the easiest way to understand health is your health, where you are, is how you, well you are, is a representation of your environment. If your environment's unhealthy, you're going to be unhealthy. If your environment's healthy, you'll be healthy. And so when we look at like negative, sorry, it must be, it's windy here. And I think my doors are closing upstairs and that's why he's barking. So I apologize. But he, uh, one of the things is that that's okay. It was only a little rumble, <laughs> and it's one of those things where, um, when we look at that, though, that can play huge havoc on your health. Burnout just in, in itself means you've used up all reserves. Your body is, your brain is mentally exhausted because you're always fixated on the stress of the life of the day. You're overwhelmed. You're focusing on the overwhelmed, and overwhelm happens because the mind's not organized. The overwhelm can only happen when you're not organized. Yeah. And I don't mean organized, clean in a house and stuff like that, although that is a byproduct of that kind of stuff. When the mind's not organized, usually everything around you is not going to be either. But we get overwhelmed in those kind of things. And sometimes it's that's why taking a step back, having action plans, or um, even looking at things like I love having, I'm, I'm not big into scheduling. I do do scheduling. I have to. But um, like my wife and I, we we share a schedule. We have it like that. So she just, I don't have to tell her what's going on in my life. She has it. And then we have certain color codes for certain people. Like if we have an appointment for the baby or we're going to be doing something there, or we have that in the color code. So I know what it is and it makes life a little easier. And, and I, and that's just one of those things, but the, the overwhelm part of always thinking like, I never, like, if you think I never have enough time in a day, I never have time in a day. You're literally telling the world, the universe, Hey, show me how I don't have enough time in the day. And you're going to experience that until you shift your mindset. So it's that, and then the, the, the aspect of net, you know, thinking, focusing on the negatives or just that aspect of it. It's one of those things where, um, it can be, um, it, it, it's draining, but one negative thought lowers the immune system. We know that. So it, there's a lot of effects of what this can do, wow. but you got to remember all these little things, you're training your nervous system to stay in a stress mode. So a lot of times people come into my office, there's an example. I, Let's say it's a mom. She's like, I just got this crink in my neck. I don't know what I did. I just went like this and, and it just, boom. It, I just, I just felt the pop and there we go. So I thought of coming here. I'd be like, okay, my mind is the doctor. It's not the neck. Cause what I asked them is to say, how many times have you done that motion? Oh, a thousand times. So then why now? Then not the other thousand. Well, I think it just happened. Well, things just don't happen. The body doesn't do things out of just because. And so then we go check that we do this nerve scans and all this other stuff. And we look and I'm like, yeah, you're very stuck in stress. Like there's a lot of hardwire stress here. This doesn't happen overnight. This is years of stuff. And so then it's the education process of how, what, what happened, how this, how we unprogram it. 
And how do we do all those other things to help them break that down, build up the reserve so they can handle more of the stressors of their environment, handle more of the stressors of life. Having When you have more reserves, you can show up better and be more patient with your, your children. You can be more patient and better with your spouse or be more with friends or family or whatever that is, because you have those reserves. And that's the whole purpose of you know, I said a little earlier too about self-care because everything in life is neurology. So I used to tell patients and not just moms, patients in general, like if they were stuck in stress, I don't, I look at them and say, if you're trying to be having a positive mindset right now, you're going to be, have to work really hard at that. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, because you're stuck in stress, the impulsivity, the reactiveness of life, you're going to react to things. Do you notice you're probably a little more irritable? And they're like, how do you know these things? I'm like, I don't know anything. I'm like, I'm just reading this, these charts and I could tell you where you are. And what's the things that are going on with that? And so they'd be fascinated with it, but it's literally just, I understand that when you're in a state of stress, your brain steps away from being what we call the neocortex, which is right up here, which is what makes us human. This is what separates us from mammals. Oh, well, we're all mammals, but um, the thinking side, the reasoning side, all that stuff. And it pulls you back into the reptilian brain, which is like a snake, which is reactive and repulsive and, and impulsive. And we get irritable and, and we're short fused and it's just not the best version of ourselves. And so the key thing then is when you fill up your cup, you keep keeping the chances of staying in that higher part of your brain, which is more calm, relaxed, impulse control. Your, let's say your kiddo does something and you're like, let me just take a breath here. Hold on. Let me just breathe. And you can reset yourself and then go ahead and address it where when you're in that reptilian brain, let's say the kiddo does something and you're just like, and you just get mad and upset and you start yelling or whatever that is you're going to do. And it's one of those things where the, and then again, you're reinforcing these patterns, right? So if you're stressed and you're being impulsive, you're just reinforcing the impulsivity because you've ever noticed when you're irritated about something, you get irritated a lot easier over time. Um, and so it's just, again, everything's neurology at the end of the day. And changing that, filling up your cup, as the cliche is, fill up your cup so you can give to others, is that's a very uh, important uh, factor to to focus on. Yes, no, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, because because um, all of this energy, everything that's happening, and I, I wanted to get you to delve a little bit more into the energy side of things, because um, I know you did Reiki and stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah, look, it does all affect, but it's the energy and what you're actually, your internal conversations that you're having with yourself, etc. Um, yeah, like give an example. I'm, I'm, um, me myself, I was having a particular difficult time interpreting through my day job, what somebody was meaning. Uh, through emails or through text messages, etc. So it was causing anxiety within me and um, causing me stress. So I went, well, why am I continuing to write with this person? Um, let's just phone them and have a conversation because maybe what I'm reading is because my energy within me is interpreting what they're writing a different way to how they're actually writing it. It's just, I, I, I just need, sometimes how you read, how you read an email or something, you just go, well, that was a bit short. Um, but it wasn't intended that way and it wasn't written that way. Um, and that's why email and text messages can be quite bad. Um, but yeah, so, but I'm interested about the energy side of things, right? Because I have to agree with you. I'm very much one of thinking, around the quantum physics side of things, right? So everything is matter and energy, right? We're all just vibrating things, vibrations, for want of a better word, in the unit. Like everything is. Everything has a vibration. And in changing that vibration, I'm not sure whether we can change it. You'll be able to tell me. Like, um, in changing that vibration, right, then we can actually change our lives to a certain extent. Am I right? 100%. Yeah, and, and we can change our energy. I can, we can shift our, like, like Tony Robbins calls this the state peak, uh, your, your, your state peak, your peak state, peak state. And it's all about like where your state of mind is, your state of mind is, and that's like sets the tone, right? 
and, and that's true to a certain portion of everything, but your energy, like if I have you think about something that you love, that you enjoy, maybe your kiddo, maybe a partner, or maybe a family member, whatever that is, and the person that you really love and appreciate, there's going to be a feeling inside of you that it happens. You're going to start to feel lighter. You're going to maybe feel a little warmness on your chest or something. Some it's going to that feeling. There's a sensation shows up for everybody a little different. But if I have you think of somebody who's you can't stand a pet peeve or someone who frustrates you or you're very annoyed, or you just you hate the person. There's a different energy that's going to show up in your body. You're going to feel a little different. That's raising your yeah. energy. You're shifting it. Those are two different outcomes to that. So we can shift that around and 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 so much more. But yeah, our energy and and the aspect of uh, our our own. We we I'm losing my train of thought here. But um, no, I'm trying okay. to remember what was the question again. I apologize. Oh no no no! It's just about how energy affects us um, and how we can actually. Um build our develop our energy so you're talking about like the build email it. right and 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 the whole thing like that yeah and that email right if we're if we're if we're like in a been in a bad place our headspace has been very negative and maybe we're gossiping a little bit more we're judging a little more we're xyz getting a little more irritated and frustrated we're doing those kind of things and then someone writes an email that's short right or text message that's short text messages and emails are like the worst way in my opinion to communicate because there's no tone there's no, you don't well, know. You're reading it in. You're reading it in your tone, aren't you? So where you sit as a person, right? That's not the same as the person who's written it, right? So, it in a way, like I go, it's my issue that I've interpreted the email as a short email, and it was a short email, right? But it was my issue because, right? That wasn't what the per that wasn't how the person was saying it in their head when they wrote it, right? So it's really around. And I changed my state energy or whatever to go, oh, hang on a minute. That's my issue to deal with, how I'm interpreting this. They may not have written it like that. So let's phone them up, have a discussion, and we'll find out because I can't read into where they're at and what's affecting their life. And my view has changed probably through having kids because i do sit there and go um i try and think about the what's going on in the other person's life because i've i've had such a roller coaster in the last four years that i go yeah do you know what i probably was shitty to some people over the last four years because i had a lot of stuff going on in my life but um i would try and understand that if other people are not maybe optimal to me is one of the ways I would describe it optimal person um then maybe there's stuff going on in there we're all, we all have our demons we fight right and I always just see I I my earlier years and my earlier part of my life somebody acted certain way I'm like man this is how they are it's just that way and then it's like as I got older I realized no we all are the same the problem is is we're all just dealing our, our, our we all have wounds and pains and battles that we face and some are winning those battles a little better than others, but it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It's just how we are. So how we treat or how we react or how we talk to somebody, that's just a reaction of ourselves. And that's why like with like a testament, the, the interesting thing about text message emails, it's not only just where your energy state is, but it's also what your conditioning is, what you're used to. If you had a parent or a mother or a father who was like very short to you all the time, like when they were mad, they were very short. They didn't talk much. They were very short into things. And so your subconscious, when it sees something short message, it's going to already think that that means that they're upset or they're bothered. Because your, your brain, exactly. Because your brain, your, yeah. what your brain does is it fills in gaps. So like, this is why like if an event happens and if you miss, you forget parts of the event or the story or whatever, your brain is going to fill in the gaps based upon your consciousness level of where you are and how you see the world. And so it'll be like, if even if it was, let's say you're just like, oh, no, but then this happened. And I'm like, I don't remember. But it, no, it was this. And you like are so certain that it's that answer. Like, this is what happened. And you're so certain because it resonates to your energy. That's why you're so certain. And you don't realize that, let's say, excuse me, 30% of that story, you totally forgot. But your brain filled in the gaps for you based on past experiences, conditions, wow. and so forth. So, okay. okay. How do we become how do we become aware of all of this stuff then? So how do we become aware of it and change it to make us one not burnt out to like a lot more positive and um change our lives? Cause I'm I'm sure there's a lot of single parents out there going, Oh my god, this can't be my life, right? I didn't sign up for this. 
surely things will change, right? And and I think you're in control of your destiny as such. Um, so how do you become aware of all of this? And yeah, the first it? thing is is awareness of the patterns, being in the present and seeing a pattern show up. So it's seeing something that like, man, I keep seeing, why is it when my son acts this way or my daughter acts this way, I have XYZ reaction, right? And it's, or if they say something in a certain tone and move, that gets me going. Sit with that for a minute. There's, there's a reason why that's coming up and there's a pattern to it. Cause if, when you have a trigger, triggers are the easiest, not the easiest because there's work to be done, but it's one of the quickest ways to be like, why am I being triggered by this? And there's something deeper that's going on. You don't need to know the answers in the moment. You just have to ask that question. Why am I triggered by this right now? And that opens the door to have your mind start to look at other things. And when it starts to look for other things, it's, you're going to start the journey of now seeing where else does this show up in my life? How, where did this come from? Where did I learn this before? Who taught me this or what is, who's this representing? Because sometimes it can be your parents, a friend, a family member, somebody in your past, a teacher. There's so many ways the brain is conditioned and programmed. And so it's becoming aware of that. It's the same thing I do with business clients when something comes up. I always tell them, let's look at that pattern. Let's look at why you got triggered. Well, this ain't going to relate to my business. It's a relationship or it's because of this thing. I'd be like, mm -hmm, maybe lots your business problems or your personal problems. So once you grasp and understand that truth, then we can start doing the work. And it's the same thing here in this, this kind of realm. It's, it's, it's becoming aware and it, from being of the patterns that are showing up in your life. From there, that's 50 to 90% of the problem being solved. From that point on, you want to become, you want to know what that feels like. I, you can, you can try to train, you can try to make it become aware with your mind, but your mind's very, your subconscious mind is extremely smart. It's smarter than you and me and everybody else. So it knows how to pull the strings on you. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's a subconscious, yeah. isn't it? But it's subconscious. No, so you're not really conscious no, of it. Not at all. No, but you're not really conscious no, of it. No, are you're not you? conscious of it. And that's why it's called the subconscious. But there, but there are always a patterns that will show up because the subconscious, 95% of our life is dictated by the subconscious mind, where we only live really 5% consciously based on research. And so this means we're an autopilot. That's why we have the same experiences over and over. That's why generationally, you can see the same experiences why? over and over in families, because there no one's really making the shift consciously to make a change. But if you can just, what I just shared here alone, if you can just pay attention to what triggers you or seeing the patterns that show up in your life, you can start to change that game. You can start to change the course of it all because now you're saying, well, why is this showing up? And because now you're starting to take control and say, well, I'm not going to react that way. I want to choose a different way to react. And what you don't realize, maybe your mother and father reacted that way. Yeah. Maybe your grandparents also reacted that way. Maybe even your great, great grandparents reacted that way. And you're like, I don't want to react that way anymore. And there's nothing wrong with how they reacted. It's just a conscious of evolutionary process of us getting better at what we do as humans in a family unit and so forth. So we can start to choose different outcomes. And when we start to do that with our kids, game changer, because then we put an end to it there. So then our kids don't carry that on. But it's those processes of seeing what shows up and then pay attention to how that feels. See, I don't like working with the mind, even though I'm, I, I specialize in it and so forth. It's it's the It's the feelings. And as a woman, most women are more in tune to that. You know what that feeling is. You Once you figure out the pattern, say, I know that pattern. Let me take a snapshot of how I feel so then I know the feeling. So then you can play with your mind and say, hey, mind, I know you like to be a part of things. So when I feel this, this means that. Okay, we good? Good. All right, great. And then you can go on with life. Never have to think about it again. Ooh, the feeling comes up. The mind's like, hey, hey, we got that feeling. That feeling you told me it was this. And you're like, ah, it's here again. All right, let me see why it's here. Let me recorrect that. Let me center that. And then you go ahead and you can change that. You can shift it and say, nope, this is not how I'm going to react. I choose this. And you're just correcting it. And it's a little over time. This takes a process. But eventually you'll retrain the subconscious mind to a new pattern. Because what's happening is I want you to think of it as like the, the, the subconscious mind is something that's always running, right? So the patterns. In quantum physics, we call this a, we call it a wave pattern. And what happens is, is what we're doing is when you become aware and you let the mind become aware of that, we pull a lot of the subconscious, go to the conscious and say, let's collapse that wave or otherwise known as a pattern interrupt. And then from that moment, we get to choose what's the experience we want to reprogram it to be. And when you do this long enough and consistently enough, 
then all of a sudden that gets reprogrammed in your subconscious. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. It'll just start to happen because you won't have the reaction anymore. Yeah. And it, it is consistency as well, isn't it though? Because like, you ain't going to change this overnight. This is not something that you're going to sit there. It is going to, it's, it's blueprinted, right? It's, um, and look, and look, talk to me. I've got a note here about hereditary trauma, right? Talk to me about hereditary trauma, because is it that your subconscious as such has pulled down from hereditary trauma, you know, and, and so, that uh, and when I what I mean by hereditary trauma is that things that have affected your family in the past are then indelled into your family line as such. And so that reaction goes down to the next generation, goes down to the next generation and stuff like that. So talk to me about the effects of hereditary trauma. Yeah, I used to tell on one the body, us and, and how yeah, do we one stop of the things it? I used to share a lot to moms is about because I let's say I've been adjusting mom even before pregnancy, just the whole family during the pregnancy. Baby comes out, and uh, we do the nerve scans, and baby's stuck in stress. And they're like, "How is this happening? They've been getting a you've been adjusting me, this and that's going on, but yet the baby's coming out, and they're they're stuck in a stress. They're they're stuck in stress. We can see it in the scans, and you know, take some time. We can get it unprogrammed. And I tell them, you gotta have to understand when when sperm and egg came together. Genetically, one of the survival mechanisms of life, life is amazing in so many ways. What it does is it passes down all your experiences. Both experiences get dumped in the baby. Even though they may not be aware of this, this, your experiences are passed down for survival, to know how life is. Men's sperm, we know this now, that men's sperm, if they haven't released, well, let's say they have, and then the next new sperm that's being created is the best genetic makeup to have for survivability of where you're at right now. How cool is that? So we know that this is being passed down. <laughs> so we know this happens. And it's, it's females too. They choose the best egg that's going to be that's going to be released that's going to help with survivability as much as possible. So we we know this on both ends. So then it becomes then okay, well, how well we're passing down these experiences. Again, it's all the same stuff. Be recognizing the patterns. What are the patterns that don't make sense? What's showing up all the time or what's your triggers? Those have been my way in my coaching experience and things I've done for business clients is that helps them because those are the easiest ways they show up. Like, for example, money, right? Man, doc, no matter what I do, I'm, I'm hitting the wall with money. I had a client today I was just talking to and he's going through one of my, my courses that I have. Um, and he was like, he's like, man, I have so much baggage. I didn't realize it because one of the courses talks about baggage and what we carry on from our past. He's like, I didn't realize I was programmed in this way. I said, well, I'm glad we're we talked about some things. I said, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. This is the stuff I love working on. I go, here's the thing. What you just told me, though, is not the root. This is just the branch of the trunk of the tree. I said, if you wow. want to figure out what that really is, because we think that where we are right now is just because of where we are right now, we have to understand that we yeah. as adults are really just kids with big bodies. All our issues happen between the ages of zero and seven, because when you look at neuroscience, you look at neural development, your brain from the age of zero to seven is getting conditioned and learning how to adapt and survive into this world. By the age of seven, once the full left brain or the, the left side of your brain has developed, it's not fully developed, but it's developed now where logic is fully kicking into gear. It thinks that it has figured out life and how to survive in this world. So then all that is from that moment on between seven and 12 is reconditioning what it already has believed. And so by 12, 13, 14, now it's been conditioned to be like, nope, this is how life is. And we this is what's going to keep you alive. So this is what we do. And so that's the the, the process that we we go through. So as adults, well, we all have kids, we all have child stuff that we're really working on. We're all children at deep at heart. And it's all stemmed from back there. And to again, subconsciously. You can't think this stuff through. You can try. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's a lot of work. It, it, it's a, it, and, and, and the chances of you getting to that level are very slim to breaking through because you're trying to like, you're trying to take a square and break it through a circle. You know, like well, the square blocks is like a little kid toy. And no matter how many times you jam it, you can maybe get through. You might. But if you understand the, the subconscious mind is programmed through image and feelings, 
right? So image and feelings, that's how it was. When I said, you're, remember, kids learn by not what we say, by, but what we do. Well, what are they looking at? They're watching an image. And how we're making them exactly, feel. Exactly, right? So whenever they see something, then there's a feeling. And they're picking up on your energy. We don't give kids credit. I mean, we know now that babies in the womb can pick up on energy. They can tell, like they've done studies on this where, you know, let's say there was an oopsies, right? You didn't plan to have a kid and it accidentally happened. The, the mom may be excited, but the husband or the partner and the male figure, women figure, whatever, the partner is going, ah, I don't really want this. Not right now. They can be saying that to themselves. That could get programmed into the kids. They've done studies on this. I forgot how the study was done and so forth, but they've seen how they call, we call them imprints and it imprints on the nervous system. And then all of a sudden that becomes an actualization. I've had, I remember I had a, I had one of my, uh, my bigger families when I first started getting into the family wellness more. Um, I'll never forget the mom. She was like, you don't have to sell me on chiropractic. We're like six months into care. She, uh, but, but she's like, you don't have to sell me anything. She goes, my oldest child had chiropractic care when they were even young, when they were babies. My middle child did not have any care. And her younger one was only like four or six months old when she started care. She goes, my oldest and my youngest are the most stable, emotionally balanced. You can, you name it. Don't get sick as often. My middle child who has never had chiropractic care constantly is always getting sick, very emotional, all these other things. Took a couple years to like fully break her out of these patterns. But then all of a sudden, she was just like the other ones, calm, not getting sick, balanced, all these different kind of things. So it's, um, where was I going with this? The point I was bringing up that story was, is because the mom was all, the reason why she said, she not only did I have to sell her there, but her oldest child, she always said, she's like, I know why my daughter has anxiety. I know it deep in my gut. Now, one of the rules I had in my office was I never argue with a mother's intuition. So if a mom told me something, even if it didn't go along with what I was seeing or didn't make sense or anything, I always tell them, I trust your intuition. And if you feel that it's your intuition, then go with it, even if it's against what I'm saying, because there's just a power there that I am not even going to mess with. I respect it and I'm not messing with it. Intuition is very powerful, especially a mother's. And so, but long story short, she's like, she'll tell me a story like, her daughter, when they were when she was twelve weeks in the womb, she had a car accident, had a gall, and something about the gallbladder had to be taken out, emergency surgery. The daughter has very similar reactions when it's going to school or she's worried about. She would always worry about something happening, and the mom's like, "There's nothing going to happen, honey. Nothing has ever happened before." But when she started to learn what I was sharing, she goes, "That's it. That's her anxiety issue." Took us over three, almost three years to break out of it. It wasn't just chiropractic. We introduced horse therapy and a bunch of other things, but we were able to get it out of the nervous system because it was something ingrained at such a young age. I mean, 12 weeks old. Now, somebody say, oh, this is just crazy. Listen, I was, I understand how this works, but I didn't show the mom that. I didn't uh, tell the mom that. It was, uh, the mom told me that from understanding it. She goes, this is why my daughter has anxiety. And so these things can be programmed at such a young age. We understand that, but they pick up on energy. So the point why I'm sharing all of this is because, again, subconscious mind is programmed by an image and how we feel or how we either the feeling that's coming from that or what we're picking up on, like how we view it, right? And so it's that's how you reprogram the conscious, subconscious mind by imagery and using feelings. But the key is it takes time. This is not going to be a one-time thing. You can start to make yeah. the change in the energetic realms and the quantum realm. Like in your mind, you could be like, I am making this change. That is it. Energetically, you feel that. Great. You made the change energetically. That happens like this. But we live in a physical world. So what happens is neurologically, it takes time to rewire that brain. And for some people, it can take a month. Some people can take three months. Some people take six months. I always tell people, don't get hooked on the time frame. Just then go through the process and visualize what that's going to be like when you get there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Look, Vic, um, where do people contact you? Where do people get in contact with you if they want to learn a little bit more about what you do, want to buy your books um, and um, – connect basically yeah my, my website's everything it's um, empoweryourreality.com um, you can find my books on there you can find my social media stuff which is at the bottom of the website 
Um, I have a podcast you can come tune in, listen to. I talk about mindfulness stuff and think mind mindset, mindfulness, and a whole variety of things. Um, I have there and um trying to think what else I have on there. Some classes that I have I also offer. So everything's every everything's on my website. So it's my hub for everything. Yeah, go check it out because there's lots of lots of information on there. And your podcast is awesome too. So like, you know, with all this mind magic stuff um yeah no it's it's awesome it's awesome so look i have one final question for you um what book would you recommend and it can't be one of your three right what book would you recommend for my audience and why doctor i think i might mess up his name i think it's gabor mate yeah it's his name oh god love him love him um all his work oh, is me too. Very, I've got all of his books. Yes, very solid work. I've studied him since he, I got a hold of him early on. And his work is really like there are very few people. There's a lot of I don't want to go negative here, but there's a lot of fakes in the world, unfortunately, social media and so forth. People say they're experts and they're not. Um, knowing what I know, I could pick it out pretty easily just for when I know. There are very, very few people in this world that are so like dead on just from my own generality of what I know neurologically quantum physics, all these things that I've studied so far, I'm no expert. I never claimed to be an expert, but I know a good amount of things. And he is very, very in alignment with that. And he can help radically change past traumas. So I've read, I've read Gabamate's um, in the realms of, um, oh, what is it called? The realms of ghosts or something yeah. like that. So just to give people a little bit of background on Gabba Mate, um, he basically is a physician, a Canadian physician who spent 30 years um, helping addicts in Toronto, Vancouver. I'm not sure. Some Canadian. I knew it was Canada Canadian big yeah. city. Toronto was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I might be Vancouver though. I might have got it wrong. Um, and basically, uh, so he's got thirty years' experience of dealing with um, addicts, basically alcoholics, drug addicts, um, and that was his practice. Um, and he was out on the streets giving these guys the drugs they needed, dealing with their um, dealing with their lives, basically. And what he discovered was a lot of the people, a lot of the addiction was linked back to childhood trauma and linked back to, um, yeah, linked back to some horrendous, horrendous situations. But then also uh, some people who you thought would think had an awesome childhood and had two parents, no divorce, no violence, no nothing, but that they're, interpretation of trauma as a child through various different situations affected them mentally hence the addiction but then also he has uh he's written a book and i i get him confused i get his book confused with some other books that i've read but it's uh i think is it called the body says no uh is that a gab the gabba mate book where basically it's a it's a book that's written on um it's written about trauma and how it affects your body and how it, you know, and, and, but also how you deal with situations as an adult can lead to the switching on of genes and your DNA to, you know, switch on, um, cancer or switch on MS or switch on various different, um, things that affect us. And it's your body saying, no, you're not doing that anymore. And it gives you a disease or gives you something to stop you from continuing to do what you do. And I've put it in a very, very, very simple form. Um, I had to stop reading the book because it actually terrified me because I was reading it going, I was reading it going, oh my God. Okay, well that explains a lot then. Oh my God, I was like self-analyzing myself. So I was like, okay, I have to stop this until I'm in a better mind frame. But um, but yeah, is that so is that, have you read those books? What what book we uh, we haven't even gotten to what book you would actually recommend? You just recommended the whole I, I guy. I recommend the whole guy. I don't even recommend like his book. Scattered is phenomenal. I used to recommend it to parents a lot when it comes to ADHD and things like that. I used to uh, 
Yeah, because you know, AD, I, to me, ADHD is not a, a, a condition. It's, I can prove it in many ways. Because if it's a true condition, you can never focus. And the kids I worked with, put them on a video game. You'll see how quick yeah. they focus and how smart they. You see this whole other side of them come out. Oh. Uh, but he has a lot of them. The, the whole body says no thing. That's all about epigenetics. You know, stress responses. How does it change things? How the body is going to try to get you to wake up. Right. That's why we have certain health. Some people wake up through, you know, could be bankruptcy or you know, death of a loved one. And sometimes it's you going through cancer or having a heart attack. It's a way of the body trying to say this is not that we need you to wake up and be aware of what you're doing. Um, but the new one that he came out with is the myth of normal. I mean, it's a, again, another phenomenal book, but there, I mean, all of his books are hold on to your kids is another oh, great book. Um, I've read a lot of his, I have his, I'm looking at his books. I'm like, which ones have I read? Um, uh, but there, there's a good amount of these up here that, uh, uh the realm of hungry ghosts. And he's on YouTube as well. He's He's been interviewed. I would love to get him on here, but then I'm not sure I really would want to talk to him about the trauma <laughs> of single parenthood, but, um, but, um, because he does have a very interesting concept like he like i left my son's dad when my son was two um and although i've been the constant in his life i, I you know you always think as a parent how am i messing up my kid right um and i had to work so there's those like i couldn't be a stay-at-home mom i couldn't be with my child 24 7. i'm sure looking back he wouldn't have wanted me to be with him 24 7. Um, but there is the trauma of me having to go to work and leaving with some, leaving with a stranger to look after him. So, you know, that's, he has a whole view on that, which is as a single parent does make you think, oh, I know, but I had to do it, but hey, ho, I'm, my kid's okay ish. Um, so yeah. No, yeah. but don't, don't beat yourself up too much. It's one of those things where, um, when they get older, though, you you seem like the mom who's going to listen and talk, the supportive, you know, there will be that line of communication there, which can minimize that. It's just been my experience of what I see. It doesn't always, but there's, and sometimes you're just too close, right? It's like the stuff I know about certain things. I tell my wife all the time, I go, I can't, I can't help you. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I don't want you to help me. I'm like, I know yeah, I'm too no. close to you. You won't take it in. But if a stranger says the exact same things I say, you're going to be like, oh my God, that's golden. And I'm like, it's just because we're too close. And that's not that that's normal. That is perfectly fine. Um, and the same thing sometimes with the kiddos. Sometimes it may not be, but I always I, I've come from a and maybe because I I come from a place that it's more like, you know, as long as the line of communications can stay open and support, and as long as you keep that going, eventually it all works out. It's going to. It may have some bumpy roads like anything else, but it's you know, the, <laughs> I always have parents like, wait until they're teenagers, that'll get interesting. I'm like, I I'm like, I agree and disagree because I've had some teenagers like that was the one that if I had a population of kids like that zero to 17 is, is pediatrics. And I said, if there was like the one that I just did not like, I mean, I connected with, but not at a deep level was teenagers. But not all of them are like that, though. I had some great connections oh, with some. Some would look up no. to me and we, and not that they had to look up to me. They chose to. I was, just, I, I admired them and of their ambition in life and where they wanted to go. And I could see all this potential. And even the parents would be like, I remember one of the moms was like, it was one of the one of the girls we I used to help. I've adjusted her for like almost three years, and she's like, "This is the one place she loves to come to." But she's like, she loves coming here and just being here, and she appreciates you and, and your wife. My wife works in the office, and just the energy here. She just she loves. Yeah. She this is the one thing she's been consistent, like hardcore. There you go. Yeah, it's the energy, energy again, right? So it, it, it's energy always that energy thing again. But it's one of those things where so. But at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it's good. It, yeah, I always say everything's communication at the end of the day. It's finding those lines. And if you don't, if it's not you, you can always like, for me, I had an outlet. One of my mom's friends was somebody I can vent to. She listened to me. I can talk to her. And I, I was always like, man, if my mom was, you know, I don't know if they did, but I would just, if they needed to get a message across, they can tell her. And then she, they didn't do this, but I was like, that would be smart to do. And I oh. told my wife, I'm like, if our kid, if, if, if we happen to have that, but they trust somebody we know, and we talk to the person they trust with, and just say, Happen hey, to have. you yeah. will, and we'll you feed it and go it. from there. So there's always ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I word my mum up because I may say something and my son won't listen to me. But if my mum says exactly the same, he'll go, oh, okay. And so, yeah, it's quite funny. So if I'm having a hard time, I just FaceTime my mum and I go, mum, hi. Oscar's being a pain in the ass. Um, no, but yeah, it's not very often, but yeah, no, it's all good. Look, 
Dr. V, Dr. Vic, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I feel as though we bounced around a little bit, um, but I think we got there. I think, you know, there was some really, really good information you've given us. People go to his website, um, check out, check out the details that are on the website, Insta and Facey and all the other social media stuff that he's on. Um, and go from there. I'm talking as though you're not actually here now and you've left, but you are here. Look, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Uh, thanks Vic for having today. me. This was a lot of fun. I, I, uh, the information that was needed came out, and I, and I appreciate the time. It's all about the energy. It's all about the energy. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. I'll speak to you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.